0: So we we in this news this continuing the series on our values our family church values and today we're going to cover this one we are commissioned living passionately to share the gospel locally nationally and globally so before you all go and book your flight to china okay <laughs> we're going to start where we're at okay yes. we're going we're not we're not we're not going to go Book our flights going off to China. Unless unless God's told you, unless God's spoken to you about going to China or Angola or one of those countries. But for now, let's let's just get some basic stuff going here. You know what? I think this has got I know every single one of the values, we say the same thing. This has got to be like at the center of our DNA. But I think really, really, this one really, really, really is at the top level there about being commissioned. This is part of our blueprint. This is, this is at our very core. This is our very heartbeat. You know, Pastor Andy Elms, our senior pastor, is an evangelist at heart. So, you know, and so that, that heartbeat of the evangelist just runs through the veins of this church. So we're going to look at one of the most profound scriptures, obviously, which relates to being commissioned, and it comes from Matthew 28, and it says the following. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them. So he's talking about the disciples, okay? Jesus came and spoke to the disciples, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, lo, that's a good biblical word, eh? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So these scriptures, this scripture in Matthew 28, if you look at the heading maybe in your Bible, it will say something like, the Great Commission, the Great Commission. And I just want to clarify two aspects about this terminology. First and foremost, it's the Great Commission. It's not the small commission. Mm -hmm. It's not a a paltry, insipid, insignificant, feeble commission. (laughs) It's the Great Commission. And it's not the Great Suggestion, Uh okay? This isn't a suggestion, it's a commission. You know, um, we have in our midst an artist. Her name is Ros Williams. And, And, you know, if I was to say to Roz, I'm commissioning you as an artist. Would you please paint a portrait of my husband? What I would be doing is I'd be instructing, I'd be asking her to... I give her an instruction. It's not a it's not a command. It's a request, isn't it? But it's it's not a suggestion. It's like I know exactly what I want done, and I want a painting, Roz, at the end of the service. Okay, a nice painting of Chris, please. Um, so we're going to cover what is the meaning of the word commission? Okay, what is the meaning of the word commission? So, and I think it's important that today this va- that we cover this value especially in light of the fact that it is Remembrance Sunday, that it is Remembrance Sunday, and we've honoured those who have militarily given their lives and and sacrificed their lives. So with that in mind, within a military setting, for example, in the British Army, you have what they call commissioned officers and non-commissioned officers, so non-commissioned officers are usually, they usually earn their position of authority by promotion through the enlisted ranks. You know, so for instance, like a, a corporal or a lance corporal or a sergeant, you didn't know, I knew all this stuff, hey? but this is what a non-commissioned officer would look like. They just come, they get enlisted and they get promoted from the basic, from a private or whatever they call them in the British Army. Those are non-commissioned officers. Whereas in contrast, a commissioned officer usually enters directly from a military academy or an officer training school. And what happens is, is that these officers' ranks indicate that they have a position of authority which is granted through something called a commission. Mm -hmm. And that commission is a formal document of appointment signed by the monarch. So previously it would have been signed by Queen Elizabeth, but now any any, um, commissioned officer in the British Army or Navy or Air Force will be commissioned, which will be a document of appointment signed by King Charles III you've been appointed. So in other words, it's like a royal stamp of approval that they have. And Jesus spoke those words in Matthew 28. He says, all authority, all authority has been given to me, to Jesus, in heaven and on earth. And when Jesus spoke these words, he had just been crucified, buried, and he had just been raised from the dead. And he had overcome death, he had defeated death. So, and he says, all authority, right after this, this is before he ascended to the Father, he said these words, all authority has been given to him. And he uses these words, therefore go. Because all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and in earth, we are authorized, we are commissioned, we are sent. Yes. Go therefore. Yes. it's in that authority, it's in that royal stamp yes. of approval that we have all of heaven behind us as we are commissioned. I like what the message says. It's in, in Matthew 28. It says, God authorized and commanded me, Jesus, to commission you. God authorized. And commanded me to commission you. John's gospel says it like this John 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them, that's to the disciples, He said, Peace to you. I think it's just as well He said those words. He'd been dead. You know, now He's alive. You know, you're going to have a bit of a surprise. You know what I'm saying? It's a bit of a shock. So He says these words, Peace to you. But He says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. In other words, in the same manner that the Father has sent me, I also send you. And that word for sent is this Greek word apostello. Apostello, which means set apart on a mission sent out on a mission. As the Father has set me apart, has set Jesus apart, and sent him on a mission, he says, in the same manner, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out. That's wonderful. It's just like that that commissioned officer in the army. Maybe he was a lieutenant or something. But he's been given legal power to act on behalf of the armed forces. And in the same way, Jesus is commissioning us to share something on his behalf. To be commissioned means to be appointed, to be delegated, to be authorised, to be someone's representative. And that's what we are. And so this word commissioned actually comes from a Latin word. We're going to learn some Latin today, okay? Are you ready to learn some Latin? Yes, I see that nod. The Latin word for commission is Comitere. Say it. Comitere. 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 It sounds Italian. It's not bad. Comitere. But that word means to entrust. To entrust. And to entrust means that you're putting something into someone's care or protection and to assign the responsibility to that person to do something. That's what, commis- that's what commission means. To, com- to commission means to entrust. To entrust. Putting something into someone's care or protection. And to assign responsibility for doing something. It's not just to keep it for yourself, but there's, there's a responsibility assigned for you to do something with that, um, that special something, that deposit. 2 Timothy 1.12 uh, says, I'm persuaded that he, that's Jesus, is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. I'm persuaded that he, God, is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. And in fact, the ESV says that, he, that I'm able to keep what has been entrusted to me, a different version uses a different word, but it means entrusted. Sure. 2 Timothy one fourteen, I can't get away from Timothy again lately. 2 Timothy one fourteen, just two verses on it says that good thing. In other words, that that thing of yeah. value, yeah. that thing, that treasure. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we're talking about the values. Mm-hmm. That, but that good thing, that treasure, that valuable thing. Which was committed to you, there we go, committed, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. And the ESV says that, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, God, the good deposit, entrusted to you, God, the good deposit, that 's that good thing that God's, that, 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 that Paul 's talking about here in Timothy. So entrusted. Entrusted is a deposit. When we've been entrusted with something, it's a deposit. It's something consigned to someone else's faithful keeping. And I wanted to give you an example of this. I've got here my jewelry box, okay? All my wealth um, lives in this little box. I'm just kidding, It really, there's not, actually it dropped on the way here and um, couldn't believe what stuff came out of this. like plastic stuff and you know. But anyway, but just pretend, okay? Just pretend. This is this is a deposit. This is that good thing that was committed. But now, it's no good me just holding on to it. I'm gonna give it to Chris. I'm going to entrust him. You've got to come here, Chris, and I'm going to entrust you with my valuables, with this deposit, okay? But now I don't want you to... You've got to look after it. You've got to take care of it. But it's not just for you. Because to be entrusted means to be held firmly and faithfully and to be conscientiously delivered to others. So I want you to consider conscientiously giving that to someone else. I want you to give it to Amy. There she is at the back. So, do you, does, that, does that help? That Chris was entrusted with that deposit, with that treasure, with those valuables, but he was entrusted with it in order to give it away, to conscientiously deliver it to others. We've been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this gospel has life-changing value. Man, I just think of my own life. I think of Chris's life. And I look at you and everybody in this room today has a story to tell. The gospel of Jesus Christ has life-changing value. This deposit has changed your life. It's changed my life. And when you share it, it will change someone else's life. I love what 1 Timothy 6 verse 20 says, Oh, Timothy, and I'm going to say, actually take out that blank, put in your name there, put in your name, oh, Roz, oh, Oh, Andrew, oh, Chris, oh, Jasmine, oh, Johnny, oh, Margaret, I don't want to leave anybody out, but whatever your name is, God, what was committed to your trust, Avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. In other words, don't allow anybody to to, to distract and to water stuff down in your life. Yes. Don't allow. Don't don't lose the power of the gospel. Don't lose the power of the gospel. I? Don't allow others to dilute it. Or lead it astray, but God, what was committed to your trust, oh whatever your name is, God what was committed to your trust. there's purpose for your salvation and your salvation, yes is eternity, but it doesn't end there. There's the purpose of your salvation and mine is other people. It's other people. that's what God has in, that, that's what God's heart is. that's his heartbeat. He, his heart beats for the lost. And the dying mm. oh man you just go into any high street you just go into any shop man my heart breaks mm. when I see these people a lot of people mm. my heart just breaks for them but let's look at those three scriptures Johnny's done a great job look at this he's got one Timothy no 2 Timothy 1 12 2 Timothy 1 14 and 1 Timothy six twenty, all on one line look at that just to make a point he says I'm persuaded that God is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day entrusted think of it entrusted that good thing which was committed to you which was entrusted to you keep by the holy spirit who dwells in us oh Timothy oh Sandy oh Chris God what was committed to your trust keep in all those verses it's keep in verse 12, keep in verse 14, and guard in verse 20. Keep it from being snatched away. Guard it from being lost, that it may be forthcoming. The gospel has purpose. The gospel message has purpose. It's not just for us, us for and no more. The purpose of the gospel is to reach a lost and dying world, But we have to guard that deposit. We're not going to allow it to get watered down. We're not going to allow it to to be diluted. And we won't effectively guard or keep or protect something that we don't highly esteem or value. Like that jewelry box, you know, pretend it was full of my valuables. I would guard it. I'd protect it. I would look after it. But we've been authorized as Jesus' representatives on this earth to deliver this life-changing message, this life-changing deposit to others. God, the the deposit. And I love this. In 1 Timothy 6.20, he says, God, what was committed to you, to your trust. The, The person who's doing the trusting here is God? He's committed this message to you and to me. the 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 the, the Greek word for for entrusted in that sentence is is pasties, which is the same word as faith. God has faith in you, faith in me. He's trusting and believing that you and I are going to we, we are going to share this faith, that we are going to share this word. He's the one doing. He's the one doing the trusting here. But can we be trusted with what's been entrusted to us? The gospel is what has been entrusted to us. Are we prepared to share it? You know what? If you're born again, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have been entrusted. You have been commissioned. You have been authorized to share this good news and maybe you feel intimidated by this thought. You think, I'm not an evangelist. That's up to Andy Elms. I'll bring, I'll bring the lost, and Andy Elms can sort them out. No, no, that's not the way it works. 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. And he goes on and he says, and we appeal on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for yes. Christ. And we speak... Because we're his ambassadors, we speak, we appeal, we speak on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. So we are all called to be Christian communicators. We are. We are all called to share our faith. And this can be a little uncomfortable for some people, but it's okay. God wants to do something in us. Philemon 1 verse 6 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective, there he goes, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. God has empowered us, he's entrusted us, he's commissioned us with this deposit, this valuable deposit in us. And, and, and as a result of that salvation, he's done a work in our lives. He continues to, to, to grow us and to, to develop us as we mature in him. But in Philemon, he says, in another version, he says, I pray that the communication of your faith may become effectual. You know what? Maybe we're not all called to be evangelists, and that's okay. But we are called to be effective communicators when it comes to the gospel. And so you might think, but I can't quote 10,000 scriptures, and that's also okay That is all right. But if you are born again, you have a testimony. You have personal experience to share. And a testimony is so simple. It consists basically of three parts. It consists of my story, me. It consists of Christ's story, Jesus. And then it consists of our story, when I met Jesus, and this is the change that He brought about in my life—that's all that it is. That we can do that. You know what? And maybe, maybe you, maybe you don't have a, um, a so-called powerful testimony. You know what? I sometimes think we we use these things flippantly, and I think no, that's wrong terminology. Any testimony is powerful. Any move of God. Is powerful. You know what? Maybe you weren't. Maybe you didn't. You weren't a drug addict. Maybe you weren't an alcoholic. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home. You know, those that have been blessed to be raised by godly parents. It's not me. Okay, I, you know, it wasn't. That wasn't my thing in life. I, I didn't have godly parents. But you know what? But even if you were raised in, in within a Christian home, you still have a personal testimony to share. Because the Bible says that we were born in sin, that we were without God and without hope in this world. So regardless of what kind of upbringing you had, there still comes a time when as a child or as an adult, as a person, you need to respond personally. God does not have any grandchildren. He only has sons and daughters. We cannot go into heaven on our parents' coattails or on somebody else's coattails. There has to come a time when my life is transformed. Whether it doesn't matter, it's not about what I did. It's about my nature. It's about the sin nature we are born in Adam. When we are born again, we're in Christ. We're given a new. uh, We are new creatures in Christ. That's what it's about. That we are we are translated. Paul says we're translated from the from the dominion of darkness. Into the kingdom of the Son of his love that's what happens at salvation. whether you were raised Christian in a good home, there still had to come a day. There's still it's not about what you did, it's about your nature mm-hmm. and that's what salvation is about. okay We are new creatures of Christ. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive and that death is separation from God, and that's what Jesus did. He came to make dead people alive, alive to him. And speaking of children, you know what, if you have children, what a blessing, eh? The Bible says that children are a gift from God. Amen, they are. But that means that they're God's possessions. They're not ours. We are stewards, to look after them for however long they stay with us, 18 years or whatever it is that they live under our roof. But those, that child, those children have been placed in our care. We have to take, they're they like on loan to us from God. But it's our responsibility to be, to, as parents to be good stewards, to train up our children in the way they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart on it depart from it but ultimately they will have to personally respond to Jesus yeah. for themselves but we have a testimony to share we do have a testimony your story is your story nobody else's and i really want to just emphasize this let's not envy somebody else's testimony do not envy somebody else's testimony and think Oh, I wish I had that kind of testimony. No, actually you don't. <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm one that got saved a little bit later in life, I was in my 30s, and man, I messed up, big time. And it took years and still continues in my life to work out stuff that I, that I instilled in me, certain habits and behaviors and thinking, stinking thinking that I had, but it took me years and still continues about being transformed by the renewing of my mind. That God is still at work in my life. So don't don't wish you had somebody else's testimony. There's power in your testimony. There's power in your testimony. Revelation 12, verse 11 says, "And they overcame him." That's and they that's the saints overcame him. That's the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's power in your testimony there's power but it's based on the blood of Jesus Christ but there's power in the work that God has done in our lives so maybe you can't quote a thousand and one scriptures yet but that's okay Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter maybe you maybe you struggle to get your head around articulating and proclaiming the gospel but it doesn't matter just start where you're at just start where you're at this is what God has done in my life or whatever it might be. Just start where you're at. There's a song from I think it was back in the 70s or 80s by a guy called Don Francisco. Who remembers Don Francisco, Francisco Giveaway? Yes, two people look at that and they're all a little older. But he sings a song and he says I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. The song is passionate. It's about the account of the, the girl that, that died. And Jesus came and, um, and, and said, Talitha Kumi, arise, little girl, arise. And, and Jesus says to the mother, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone about it. And this, this woman says, I, I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. Yes. I can't help it. I can't help it. I've got to tell somebody what Jesus has done for me. Let's be like that. Let's, let's be like the prophet Jeremiah. He says these words, Jeremiah 20, verse 9. It says, But his word was in my heart, like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. The apostle Paul says to me, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me. I don't want to be, you know, I want God's word is burning. In my heart burning like a fire in my bones but we've got to be passionate about what God is passionate about and God is passionate about souls being saved that is God's passion for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son you know, the Bible says in Luke 15 that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who gets saved than over the 99 that have no need, that are righteous. But for one sinner, there is joy. There is so much rejoicing in heaven over one person. So let's break our silence. Come on. We are commissioned. We are commissioned. We can share salvation with our friends with our families. They don't always want to hear it, okay? But that's okay. But we, but we share it with our friends, with our families, with colleagues, with, with, with fellow students at school, with our enemies. What, better, what a better way to get even with our enemies, hey? Let's get them saved. Praise God and turn that thing around, hey? Then we're on the same side. Praise God, let's get our enemies saved. Who else? When you're out on the street, when you're at the bus stop, when you're at work, when you're in the shops, look for opportunities. Mm -hmm. I can't recommend something enough. This is Pastor Andy Elm's artillery, some of his books that he's written. Soul Winner and God's Blueprint for His Church. These books are awesome. If you are nervous or you feel uh, underqualified not quite ready to share your faith look up soulwinner.co.uk I think it is and look for the next um, next training session he, Pastor Andy Elms has a five week course on how to share your faith and it's online, it's run at certain times of the year, I know they're busy with it now so you've just missed it but next year there will be courses to do and they are brilliant, I know a number of us here have already done it Pastor Andy really brings it across simply how to share your faith, how to share your faith. But there's always resources available. How to know Jesus, this little book by Colin Urquhart. This is a brilliant book if you don't know what to say. But just coming to an end, I love the account um, of J- when Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem and he asks for a donkey. He, says, he sends his disciples and he says, I want to borrow someone's donkey. And so there's, there's this cult, there's this donkey that's tethered to a pole in my imagination. And um, this, ton- this donkey had been tethered to a pole all its life. And Jesus asked, he wants to borrow this person's donkey. And I love donkeys. You know, I, I just, I just think they're the sweetest things. They, they just really, I don't know, they're ugly. <laughs> they're not cute. You know, they're, they're, they're not cute, cute. But they're, uh, they're, they're unassuming. They humble. They like, they got these big floppy ears. They're known as a beast of burden, a beast of burden. And I love the fact that Jesus didn't select the stallion. You know, he didn't want to go into Jerusalem Da 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 da, here I am You know, here I am, I'm your gift, I'm the Messiah No, no, he didn't, he's not into showmanship He didn't want the big white stallion He didn't even want the show pony No, he said, give me a little donkey And And it wasn't even his, it was borrowed The lowly, unassuming beast of burden This was this donkey's hour this was this moment for this donkey to shine when the King of Kings, when Jesus gets onto his back and goes into the city of Jerusalem. Why? Because that donkey carried the presence and the person of Jesus Christ, that unassuming, humble, unassuming donkey. So what's the analogy? I'm not calling you a donkey. Okay, but God wants to use you. You regardless of your past, regardless of how you look, of how you feel, how much you know, how much you don't know. He's not looking for superstars. He's looking for ordinary people who will carry his presence into their world. Jesus is looking for people that will carry his presence into your world, into wherever your sphere of influence is. And in order to do that, there's only two requirements, and that is a mouth and two feet. Romans 10, Romans 10 I'm coming into land, verses 14 to 15 in the New Living, says, how can they call on him, on Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? How, how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells him? And how can anyone go and tell them? How will anyone go and tell them without being apostello, sent, commissioned? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? As the Father sent me, so I send you. Who in this room is born again? Who's got two feet? Who's got one mouth? You qualify. You're commissioned. God has commissioned you. God has entrusted you. God has faith in you with his gospel. He's empowered you to share it, but will you do it? Will you be like the, like the prophet Isaiah who says, here I am. God says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord. Send me. Commission me. Apostello me. I will go, Lord. I will go. Will you be that someone, like that donkey, who carries the presence of Jesus into your everyday life. We're going to end there, but I am going to set you a challenge for the week. I'm going to ask you, share your faith with one person this week. Share your faith. Can, who's up for a challenge? Yes. Up for a challenge? Share your faith with one person. Don't, if you don't know how to begin, start with your testimony. Just start with your testimony. And remember those words, O oh, Timothy, O oh, Ros, O oh, Amy, O oh, David, O oh, Sandy, O oh, Chris. God, what was committed to your trust. God, the deposit that was entrusted to you. God, the treasure you were given, that it will be forthcoming, that it produces. God didn't just give us this gospel for ourselves to hold on to. Bless us for and no more. No, there's a lost and dying world. The, The word of God produces. The word of God produces. We are commissioned. We have that royal stamp of approval. We've been authorized. We've been appointed to live passionately, to share the gospel everywhere we go. Amen.